Hi there, welcome back to the Tristan for Governor Show. Got ASMRs of chickens getting raped for a little baby girl. <laughs> Trump Jr. Trump Jr. is banging my poor little super whitey. It's my tiniest ten. Oh, jeez. Oh, man. Anyway, shout out to KAMP Student Radio at the University of Arizona. And KPYT. Prasmoyaki Tribal Radio. On the res with Trista Show. Anyway, it's time to um, make up a new station ID. And today I want to, I want to go on Twitter and I want to find all the times, all the, sorry, I'm at the New York Times. I want to find all the people who our Trump hater. Trump hater. I'm gonna fucking. I'm gonna follow them all. People. Equality for all. Human rights. Animal rights. Mother. These. These are my people. Okay. These are you know, Mr. Fuckface, the Nazi ass dumps. People are armed with AR-15s and follow him, huh, or ostensibly follow him, to the Congress to crown himself emperor. Fuck you, Trump. You're going to prison, fuckface. Okay. I thought Americans... Okay, so I'm going to add all these people. Matt. Hi, Matt. Trump hater 451. <laughs> I thought Americans disapproved of fascism. Now Republicans openly embrace it. Yes, exactly. True American resist. Cool guy follow for a follow. Yes, I'm there, man. BLM. Yes, I say fuck it. And K Hunt a lot. K Hunt. <laughs> I say fucking cunt a lot. Inked and nerdy. Sounds cool. Sex positivity. 420 slip. Persistent resistance. Tinkerbell 47. Trump hater. Yes. Climate change is real. Follow. I want to meet. I'm going to meet a new bunch of new friends today. On this podcast. I'm just going to keep adding until they uh, won't let me add no more. Catherine Vickers. Plant lover. Yes. Trump hater. You're right on. Twitter is fake. You fools. Put your phones down. And talk to another face to face. Yes. Someone named Trump hater. Uh, B. Trump troll. A non guy, 989. Well, I'm not sure yet. A little of this, a little of that. Full trumpeter, though, so there's that. Yep. Okay. Robert Blair, trumpeter, 1977. Trumpeter, 2021. Trumpeter, P. Glaze, 1. Anti Trumper, registered nurse, mother, yes. All these people, they're my friends. I hate lying, thieving, outright corrupt politicians, especially presidents. All stupid, blah, blah, blah. Yes, follow. Trump hater 777. Trump hater 4000. I'm your woman. Love golf, hate Trump. Love skiing, hate Trump. Trump hater, yes. 
Name says it all. I hate Trump. <laughs> John Trumpater. Trumpater. I loathe him. I hate trend. Sharon Page. I support Joe Biden's agenda and wish him well as he tries to heal this nation. Trumpater 60. Trumpater number one. Trumpater 69. Hate Trump. Fuck the police. Trumpater 69. How come there's two Trump? Oh, there's okay. Trumpater 69. Trump free zone. Well, you just uh, you just posted a meme about him, so it's not so Trump free now, is it? Trump, no, Trumpator 62, wife, mama, grandmother, number one, Trumpator. Um, Trumpator 456, Trump's a bad president. Hate Donald Trump, I hate Trump, I'm so happy Joe Biden want to make American gay again, for real. Trump's a whore. Keep God out of it. I think these look familiar, actually. Didn't I follow? I already followed some of these on maybe my other phone. Truck Funk. Yeah, this sounds familiar. Trumpeter one. Follow, follow. Looks. Kid looks up to the president. President, but yet yeah, Trump is setting a bad example. Trump regrets. Uh, doesn't look like it's active, this person. Self-employed Democrat, Chaps, con man, yes. Politically uninterested, this clown took control. Trump-hater, yep. Trump-hater forever. Remember, you were loved. That's nice. Trump-hater. <laughs> I'm a 10-year-old, except if you're Trump. And then you're hated. I'm a tenure, oh, well, I mean, like, it's not, uh, that's, by saying that, I'm buying into his polarization of, of America, and America's strong, but it's a little too goddamn strong, strong smelling, it smells like B.O., actually, it smells, strong hit of B.O., all right, my heart, who hates Trump? Election 26 government politics. I like to tell people what's wrong with Trump, man. Uh, best way to stay in business is to mind my own. Um, let's see. I hate Trump the bump, and I love food. I hate, uh, what was I saying again? Liberal, Democrat, pro-choice, Black Lives Matter, yes. Sound like my kind of arms. It's such to expose the Trump to show the world he's not that great. Not that great. That's an understatement of the year. Don't sue me. Trump hater, blah blah, Trump hater, suck my left nut, Trump, Trump is a dick, sue Trump, Trump stinks, okay, yeah, yep, uh, liberal, Trump and his supporters of fools, Trump spilling his lies and dirty secrets, Trump hater animations, it has a Trump, has a Trump. A little German. It's good. How the Vigates? Vigates America? Do you need needed? No, I just mixed Chinese and German. <laughs> Old man, just for giggles. I hate Trump. Yes, okay. Hello. Twenty twenty. Donald Canyon. Oh, this person hasn't posted forever. Looks like a lot of people um haven't posted since twenty twenty.
It's like no need to be uh, on Twitter anymore. That fuckface is gone. That's why I signed up to Twitter too. Okay, what happened to all these people? How come there are all these people? Okay, so, yeah. Never, unending bit of hell. Uh, I'm very much not over this last election. I'm sure there was cheating. Don't like Trump taking out of the office, please, and thank you. Trumphater.com. Absolutely hate Trump. How come these people don't have pictures anyway? Oh. Uh, Donald Trump sucks ass. I hate Orange and its supporters. <sighs> hate everything Trump. How can so many people vote as con man? German entrepreneur living in the life span. I hate all populist, left minded. Uh, BA history, jailhouse lawyer. Huh. Fuck Donald Trump. I hate Trump. I'm his number one hate. If you like Trump, you suck. Yep. I've down syndrome, don't judge me. Twitter lifestyles have shut down our voices of freedom. <sighs> right, okay, the other ones look like robots or something, I don't know. Maybe people, you know, dumped dump their Trump-hating Twitter account after he lost, which he still hasn't conceded yet. Fucking A. I need to do, um, I need to do a video, a TikTok video, probably be like, maybe, well, between one and three minutes long, and I'm going to just lay out a bunch of demands because as Frederick Douglass says or said because he's dead now Frederick Douglass said of course my bandmates point like this is his favorite Frederick Douglass quote of agitate 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 and my favorite Frederick Douglass quote is Power concedes nothing without demands. So make demands. So make demands. That's my conclusion. Sent my own tweet. Sent a photo. January 6th committee. What the fuck is your problem? January 6th committee. I'll send them some shit. Alrighty, alrighty then, alrighty then, watch for your nose, comment through. Okay, I have about 300 million stolen during the, yes, okay, that's,
Okay. I just sent them the thing about the 300,000 mail ballots. So we're not even talking about that. Come on, I can't read this one. Beto. I need to go my Beto. How come I can't read some of this stuff? Can't read this shit. That's to um, run death sentence, okay? Republicans. Okay, no, that's about Clinton. How the Republicans turned him into a kind of porn star. Hmm. Okay. Alrighty then. Okay. Maybe I'll just add my video. Oh, yo. Mm, 300,000 counts of felony mail theft. Where are they? Okay. They were stolen by DeJoy and Trump. Those were, those were the, that was probably the dump, massive dump. I'm going to go to January 6th community's page. Um, I was, for a while there, every day I was posting something on the, on the page. Okay, we literally left right after that Trump tweet came out. You know, to me, if he would have done that earlier in the day, maybe we wouldn't be in this bad of a situation. Stephen Ayers and what made him leave the Capitol on January 6th. Yeah, duh. January 6th. Lock all these mofos up. Now. A year. And. A half ago. Okay, I'm pissed off. I am pissed off. I'm really fucking pissed off.
Blue Lives Matters. And expel, uh, expel them all from Congress. Fire them all from office. Now. Yeah, duh. We all saw Trump and... GOP traitors attack Congress. I'm just... I'm, I'm hardcore, man. Of course, Twitter's gonna give me um, a little uh, notification. Most people don't tweet like this. Yeah, they don't. They should. Okay, something on my Twitter, on my uh, Instagram feed. Okay, I'm gonna tag on my POTUS page on Instagram. Okay. Um, invite collaborator Democrats. See if they have any fucking balls now that they don't, but about Occupy Democrats, maybe they will be, maybe they will. Okay, Midas Touch, Michael Cohen. Okay, I got regaling. Come on, kitty. Give me a fucking break. Whoa! Cheeky. Oh, that's weird. It's not coming up. No, kitty. 
said GW University. Kitty, why don't you sleep? Why don't you go sit on this cat, this comfy chair right here, huh? Fucker. All right. What, I'm not following my research? Oh, okay. Oops. Hi, little cutie pie. Don Lemon tonight. Yeah. Curb your... Uh, I'm not... No, I don't need to join. Curb your enthusiasm. Unfollow. Who's Chip Franklin? I follow Trojan Vision. These are people... Oh, Katie Porter. Raskin. Yes. Jamie Raskin. Ooh. Expo. Okay. Let's listen to... Let's listen to um, Midas Touch. Welcome to the weekend show. All right, nice. Okay, are you guys still there? Oh, you are. Hello, darlings. Hello. Okay, let's go do some more gardening. August 21, 2022. Welcome to the 27th episode in this series from Midas Touch and 5-Minute News called The Weekend Show, where we take a deep dive into the news of the week. Subscribe to the show as audio in addition to my daily 5-Minute News podcast on iTunes or wherever you get yours. Joining me today is Ryan Bussey, a reformed firearms executive who formerly helped build one of the world's most iconic gun companies, but quit and authored the book Gunfight, My Battle Against the Industry That Radicalized America. Okay, right now I am kind of, oh, oops, went through my shit. I'm just going to tweet it. Tweet. Okay, hurry up, Trista. Just uh, treason and terrorism charges, and these individuals uh, uh, slapped. Chiquitu. How you doing, handsome boy? My little black friend. My black friend. Um, 
Rock Party, even though I was an up-and-coming award-winning executive's tradition and culture and all the things that the industry said it was for, was really just a lie. It was becoming a partisan, you know, moneyed political machine that was all about power and money, not about the things, not about the products that it was selling. So at the time, that 2004 speech at the National Press Club where I stood up and criticized that for me that was a precipitating event. I look back now and realize it was a longer you know longer form sort of process than that but that's what I thought at the time. Uh, this subject is um, polarizing only really for a certain group isn't it? I mean most uh, sound civilized people know that there is a major gun problem in the US and, and the likes of Wayne LaPierre who still runs the NRA and has done since Aww. 1991 have a very different view of America and a, a very different view of, of gun ownership. Aww. Can you just explain really what those two sides Aww. look like? Well, yeah, first off, I agree with your statement about it being polarized for a small subset of Americans. On the other hand, I contend in my book and I believe that this sort of all or nothing um, kind of hell no extremism that was fostered and developed and grown and then handed off by the NRA to our country is not just relevant to a small subset of Americans because that hell no extremist radicalized culture now affects every single um, thing about United States politics and policy. Climate There's a war and um, everything that is American politics into this soup, it, it's now radicalized everything. And, and um, I think it's important to note that nothing, either in the macro or the micro sense, oh. like the presence of <gasps> if you think about it in your own personal setting, oh. if you're at a dinner table with a few of your friends and you're having a conversation, waiting on the, another friend to show up, you can have spirited conversation maybe wine, who knows, political debates. But if that last person shows up and that person has a loaded AR-15 on their chest, right, the, everything changes instantly. The party's right? over. The, 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 well, the, the power equation is completely yeah. upended. Their opinion is the only one that matters. And, and in a macro sense, that's what authoritarian, armed authoritarians are doing to our democracy, right? When they show up with arms or the threat of arms, the sort of the, the equation changes immediately. And so both in a, a sense of your daily life with just individual people and then in our larger civil societal sense, um, guns really have, have a unique role in that they can sort of upend the, the power equation instantly, unlike anything else that you can think of. And we've seen evidence of that recently. Tip. Oops, shit. Media tip. Media tip.
January 6th, Carl Rittenhouse, yes. the, these types of yes. events where it's like, you know, grab, grab the weapon. And I, I'm very interested in this kind of machismo aspect of this, which goes back to childhood. And I, this is what we don't have in the UK, obviously. We, don't, we go with our dads to fish, <laughs> right? but we don't go to shoot. Um, what is it about, and, and I would just also say that all the shootings that I am aware of, certainly school shootings, are committed by... Well, so I, I, I try in my book and in my speeches, which I, I gave one yesterday, I, I try to uh, put some color on this, right? If you're an, a young American boy who receives a rifle or, is, or shoots with his father, as I did, when that gun enters your hand, there is this sort of American swagger that sort of courses through you, right? All of a sudden, you're the master of your own destiny. When I had my little rifle as a kid growing up, which I did, I could be a lawman or a hunter. I could provide food. The point was that the power equation changed quickly. And I think... You could be the sheriff. There is... I could be the sheriff, right? And, and certainly in my own mind, which really, when you have the gun in your hand, is really all that matters. And um, I think that is uniquely American. And for those mm-hmm. of you who observe now or here, but observe from the outside looking Fucking in, there is this... psychotic country, man, um, if you ask me. In some ways, it can be alluring, this American sort of John Wayne swagger taken too far, and it can ver- and it can easily jump over the line where it's taken too far, um, where responsibility is dismissed. You know, these sorts of rights, I, I contend, it's a massive, massive right to, to be able to own and um, obtain firearms. It requires a massive responsibility that goes along with it. Right now, uh, that balance for Americans is way out of whack because, as you know, now American males, largely young American males, um, are trying to fix their machismo problems, their man problems, their whatever, by running out and becoming an instant tactical badass, which is what we allow them to be because we give them the Let's just talk about the um, 
you know, the Bill of Rights and why it is that gun owners and, you know, far-right Republicans, they talk about their right to own a weapon. But in the Constitution, it doesn't talk about a, a semi-automatic weapon, does it? It's probably referencing a. Call it a machine it's probably gun. referencing a, a musket that what can shoot a, a, a single shot. So, so how do you qualify that argument that says when people say, "Well, it's my constitutional right"? Well, we have we do have a constitutional right to own guns. The Constitution does not provide, um, you know, for unfettered any sort of unfettered right. It has to be balanced um, with responsibility and with regulations. And I think that any reasonable person in America understands that we're currently and have been in a debate about what constitutional rights are, where they stop, where they start, how broad they are, how narrow they are. Um, I guess that's been going on since we had our Bill of Rights, but it seems to have been ratcheted up here, you know, to the extreme form recently. And I, and I think we're wrestling with the implications of that as a nation. Different states have different laws on firearms and uh the open carry law enables people to show off that kind of machismo gun toting attitude um do you think that there's going to come a time i mean I, i'm starting to feel it but i'm interested in in your view uh we've recently off the back of the search of mar-a-lago heard uh, a lot of trump supporters saying that you know the next time we fight it won't be with flags that there will be a kind of civil war between states, states that enable people to... It's already you know, a civil war. These people are fucking nuts. ...militia standing outside FBI buildings and, and protesting with their, with their semi-automatic weapons. What, what are the, what are the, what's the likelihood that politics is going to drive kind of warfare on the ground? I don't want to, you know, I don't want to dramatize this, but I recognize that we're already starting to see this in some places. I don't think your uh, dramatization is in any way hyperbolic, to be honest with you. I think that the country now is uh, teetering on a precipice. I um, look, many hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of these customers who have purchased AR 15s, largely AR 15s, other guns too, but uh, much of it, let's face it, much of it is centered around the guns of war, the AR 15. They have purchased this gun, or, or many of them, and perhaps truckloads of 30 round magazines and all the ammunition that they have with the very thought, if not dream of someday using those weapons to overthrow a tyrannical government. Go ask them. They'll say it. They're very forthright about it, right? Um, I own this. I must own this as my patriotic duty because I may have to overthrow a government that I disagree because with. Because it says that in the uh, Constitution. So that's how they've translated it. No, because they're hearing it from Trump. They've rewritten no, that's, that, that's not actually in the Constitution. But they're, but they're you know, hearing there from are, their local there founding father documents who, you know, the Thomas local Jefferson, uh, white know, the supremacist group. Witnessing or referencing that um, every once in a while you need a good revolution. Okay. Um, so. Um, and so many of these people have taken that to mean that that's actually true duty. makes they it kind of confusing almost wish, if not to argue but these people are fucking war. terrorists and the firearms industry has tapped into that especially oh. for the last 15 years and when many of these guns are sold they're sold with that specific purpose in mind and sometimes they come with little snippets of the constitution in the packaging um, in other words we're telling these people 
to be good patriotic Americans, they must be ready to do this. And so when um, something happens with Donald Trump or something happens that they perceive to be a precipitating event, um, January 6th, for instance, I don't think that we should call find to arms. surprising that a certain subset of them want to rush out and play hero. I don't. I wasn't surprised when Kyle Rittenhouse walked down on the streets of uh, Kenosha to kill people. We're marketing this to these people, like, and marketing works. Let's just talk about the number of guns in circulation. I, I read, I can't remember, but you can correct me, that there were literally millions of these semi-automatic weapons that had already been sold. Is that right? I mean, how, how many of these types of uh, weapons of war are, are currently owned by civilians? So first off, I'll, I'll, I'll give you some data points here. Um, anybody who's been to the United States or driven through any of our cities knows how chock full our streets and highways can be. Um, just drive outside of LA any given time and you would swear the number of cars, like there's, there's, there's fewer stars in the sky, right, than there are a number of cars in the United States. Well, there's two, about 280 million car registered vehicles in the United States, 280 million. Talking about, um, what about the there guns? There are approximately 410 million firearms in the United States. Of those, there are somewhere, and I'll get to why this More is than people. debatable, but there's somewhere between 20 and 40 million AR-15s, AK-47s, assault weapons, 20 and 40 million. Um, that's about one for every eight or nine uh, people in the United States. The 400 and some million is about 1.2 guns for every single person in the United States. Um, that's a lot of guns, right? It's important to note that up until 2005 or six, there were virtually no assault weapons or AR-15s. In the there were some. I mean, perhaps 30, 40, 50, maybe on a big year, 60,000 of those things were sold in the United States each year. Today, in 2020, there were about 4.5 million AR-15s and AR-15 variants sold in a single year. That's 12,000 per day. 12,000 oh, per day. Shit. So even if you were to do an all-out semi-automatic weapons ban, that would be a ban from buying them, wouldn't it? I mean, it wouldn't change school shootings. It wouldn't limit the number of, of massacres that happen because the guns are already in possession of they the should, people. They should have to give them up. Buy back. Yeah, you have 40, let's say we have 40 million of them out there, which I don't think. And by the way, the reason that this is debatable, the reason I say between 25 and 40 million, the United States does not measure them. There are no official statistics. I mean, we, 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 know, we know more about how many Nike tennis shoes are sold every day than we do about how many AR-15s are sold every day, right? Um, it's, it's craziness. So it's somewhat debatable, but it's a lot. It's in the tens of millions. There's no, there's no debating that. And to your point about a ban, yes. Um, that's why this talk of ban is so complex and, in my mind, sort of misses the mark. The mark is that we have this um, over-cultural problem. We have, it, it, we have a culture that glorifies this, that wishes for war, that, um, that, that, that tells these troubled young men that they can solve We had a fucking Nazi in, in the White House. Fucking uh, I, I, I A. They're so blind. There was a, uh, a, a ban of sorts, wasn't there? It was under Clinton and then it was put back by Bush. Him. Uh, there were, and, and by the way, President Reagan, the iconic, 
iconic conservative hero of the entire GOP nation, right, wrote a letter to the Congress, to every single member of Congress, where he begged for that assault weapons ban to be passed. And it was, uh, barely, but it was. And it was signed into law September 13th. Wow. Thank Reagan. Never thought I'd thank Reagan for anything. Machine guns. So if you add a flash suppressor to it, or you add a folding stock to it, right? You added these features onto the base gun, and, they, and then it became deemed an assault weapon. But the standard AR-15 that you and I know that you—I mean, none of us could tell the difference between a pre-ban and a post-ban gun from 50 feet away. You couldn't tell the difference. Those guns were perfectly legal during those 10 years. Why didn't they sell? Because the industry and the nation knew that proliferating those in a complex democracy like ours would lead to what we have today. So there used to be a voluntary prohibition. And I think the important thing about that law was that it set a social stigma that reinforced that norm so that the industry um, did not rush out and sell those. Even but mass shootings did go down, sir. Mass shootings did go down. And, and of course, I mean, I'm not here saying that the assault weapons ban didn't facilitate that decrease. But the truth is that in a complex society such as ours, um, there are multiple effects, there are multiple causes for every large societal shift. So mass shootings did not stop at that time. They did decrease, and, it, and who knows, there could have been other factors involved. Um, we know now, though, that mass, almost every mass shooting that happened evolved. I, I mean, I start in Sandy Hook, evolved in Sutherland Springs. Las Vegas, uh, Buffalo, right? I mean, uh, Highland Park that just happened. Almost every single one has happened. I, I want to have a, a brief but explicit conversation with you about the effect of these guns. I don't think people quite realize what uh, a semi automatic weapon does to a human very different to
An AR-15 to take lives in an aggressive way by going the battlefield as fast as possible. Now, it uses a 223 round um, cartridge, right? And that's a 22 caliber bullet, a small bullet, and it flies very fast, 3,200 feet a second, about 55 grams. Got about 3,200 feet a second. The average handgun bullet is much heavier than that, and it goes slow. It goes about, I mean, the average handgun bullet somewhere in the 1,000 feet per second range. So the AR-15 is about three times faster. It's not a very large cartridge. It's not a very powerful cartridge. When people say it's very powerful, it's not really true. Almost all hunting rifles are way more powerful than an AR-15. But it's a fast little cartridge that at short ranges, 50 to about 250 yards, shoots this fast bullet that comes apart when it hits things, and it's meant to rip flesh apart. And that's why varmint rifles if, if use the same cartridge. So people who want to kill vermin in their yards or in their fields, and, and I know some people in the UK do this, um, they use the same cartridge because the bullet comes apart and it rips things apart when it hits it. It's small and it's very fast. But don't think about it as high power because like a 30 6 hunting rifle, far, far, far more powerful. But the thing about that, but the thing about a 30 6 versus this gun is this gun is low recoil, right? It's not a lot of powder. It's not meant to shoot a deer 500 yards away. It's meant to shoot things very quickly. Think of that Formula One again. Very quickly at ranges between 50 and 250 yards. And that's why soldiers march into battle with it. It stays on target. It shoots very quickly. They can put lots of lots of shots and very accurately, very quickly follow up shots. The same thing we see in fashion. This is why 32 children were killed and stopped. This is why 31 were killed at the University of Texas and 25 killed at Springfield and Thurston because the, num the number of people that can be killed very, very quickly is all because of this gun. And if this gun didn't exist and school shootings were done with other weapons, you wouldn't see death on such a large uh, scale. Is that right? Well, you, so, um, look, you could have a mass shooting with a full capture, which I um, the last, the last mass shooting we saw. specifically designed to do this very quickly. Um, you could, um, some kid could march into a school with a bolt-action rifle. And sadly, that kid would probably kill It would be a low number of people because the, the rifle functions so much slower and has such less um, efficient recoil. He would have a hard time shooting it. Quickly. But, you know, here's, here's another analogy. British films are all about, like, poor people kind of, you know, having deep conversations with each other. This is a very, very, you know, simple example. American films, successful American films are, you know, the Marvel movies, Iron Man, guns and shooting and explosions, right? It's kind of the two um, the creative palettes of the movie industry. Is it any wonder that there is a desire by people who have a grievance or who, you know, who choose, I believe it is a choice, to go and shoot up in a school to kind of go for the type of weapon they've seen in film? I, I don't believe that, you know, video games, there used to be this argument 
that video games made it worse. I don't agree with any of that. But I do recognize that films and popular culture in the U.S. still celebrate weapons and killing and destruction and uh, a lot of explosions. And Hollywood makes a lot of money out of that. Yep. True. There's no doubt about it. And one of the best ways to sell guns, as the firearms industry knows, is to get them in movies or video games. I saw that and it's celebrated and it does sell a lot of guns. Um, and, and so are the causes, I, I mean, I think to your point, are the causes in America probably diffuse, more diffuse than just picking on a singular thing? Well, of course they are. It's a complex society with 370 million people and lots of different influence. Of course they are. But I don't think we can, we could, can or shy away from the fact that there are quite some, I mean, Japan has a huge gaming culture, a huge gaming, and, and for the most part, watches most of the same movies we do, right? Um, they don't have Parkland, they don't have Southern Springs, they don't have Las Vegas, they don't have Uvalde, they don't have Highland Park, right? What's the difference? This glorification and easy access. And in fact, Shinzo Abe was executed the other day with a homemade gun. That's what was necessary in Japan because you can't buy. Shen Shui-bian was shot at with a homemade gun in Taiwan. Advocating for a culture in which I can't go purchase a hunting rifle or a shotgun or a self-defense pistol for my family or to to hunt with my boys. I'm not. What I am saying is, if we don't get this responsibility thing balanced, none of these rights are going to matter, right? An authoritarian culture that upends democracy is not going to care about the Second Amendment. That's why. Proud Boys, the Oath Keepers, the Three Percenters, the Boo Boo Boys, all these people that think they're going to um, stumble into some sort of authoritarian utopia where everybody owns guns and gets along. That's silly talk. It's huh. absolute silly talk. Let's talk about the politics of this because Republicans will have you think that Democrats want to take away all of your guns. That's the rhetoric that is used. They're coming for your guns. They're coming for your rights. Hey, hey, this get is, out of there, the And it's untrue. There is obviously a push for gun control from, on the left. Uh, certainly a, a semi-automatic weapons ban. Let's just talk about the, the, the kind of modern politics of this now. Do you, do you feel like the Democrats are doing enough? Are they, are they using the right language? Do they understand how to really kind of fight against this Republican rhetoric that they're coming for your weapons? Um, I think there are lots of well-meaning folks, many of them I've met who are lawmakers, who are trying, who literally... <laughs> do I think that the rhetoric and the approach is always effective as it should be? No, I don't. Um, and, and, and the truth is that uh, we allow the far right to set the narrative, to set the rules of the game by saying anything, including universal background checks, is quote-unquote infringement on our rights, right? This word that's in the Second Amendment, shall not be infringed. Um, I don't believe, I, in fact, I believe that kind of talk is just There's nothing that says, and there's nothing in the Second Amendment that says, and we should make sure everybody is armed and crazy and does nothing responsible, right? But that's what they would have us believe. So I... I think the way the Democrats should approach this is to say, look, we understand the right to own guns. We also understand the rights of kids in Uvalde. We also understand the rights of those parade goers in Highland Park. And if we're going to maintain our rights, including our Second Amendment rights, they must be balanced with responsibility. And that either happens voluntarily or it happens through regulation. Um, 
I argue that the gun industry used to do this largely voluntarily, right? We talked about during the assault weapons ban where the industry didn't proliferate AR-15s largely through a sense of responsibility. That has been erased. So if the industry and gun owners will not be responsible, sadly, we must have laws that, that do the regulating and enforce responsibility for everyone else. Because that little kid in Uvalde, um, those parade goers in Highland Park, they have rights too. And that's, part, that's, that's the way a complex society works. The magic happens in the gray area. And the, the, the far right wants the argument to happen on the fringes. It's either this or this. It's black or white. It's one or ten. It's up or down. But that's not true. We're talking about this small slice of regulation in the middle of everything. And I think if the Democrats focused a little bit more on, on that sort of language, um, because people live with infringements every day. The people who say they won't accept infringements accept them every day. Why? Well, I don't know. I walked outside. Because it's a law. Not every eight-year-old has a howitzer. Like there aren't A-10 warthogs parked in my neighbor's parking lot. Um, you know, the guy down the street doesn't have a thermonuclear warhead, right? So we have infringements already. It's not about whether or not we have infringements. It's about which, what they are and how retail they are. There's a story this week out of North Carolina uh, where gun reform advocates have decried absolute insanity, a move by the sheriff there to arm his school resource officers with assault rifles on campus in addition to their service issue handguns. Uh, this is Madison County Sheriff Buddy Harwood said he felt obliged to act in hope of preventing another massacre such as the one at Robb Elementary School in New Valley, Texas, this sit with you, the idea, because we've heard this a lot, you know, from Republicans, certainly in uh, governors in, in these states where these shootings have happened, that arming teachers, we heard this from Trump, even when Trump was president, you know, arm the teachers, turn the school into a fortress, that this is actually a much better way of, of protecting from future school shootings than, than trying to remove guns from society. So there's a move in Ohio, um, similar to the uh, North Carolina story you're talking about, that actually pushes to arm teachers, not just school resource officers. Um, and of course, we have the North Carolina situation that you reference. Um, and and um, without without getting terribly colorful here, I, I do want to say it's absolute effing insanity. It's insanity. Um, we pile so much on our teachers to begin with in our educational system. Um, it's sort of at the end of all of our of all of our American cultural woes, we have income distribution, we have, you know, a, a bajillion societal problems, and we seem to force all, fixing all of those onto our educational system and our teachers. Do we really think that throwing guns into that situation, we had what, a hundred, a hundred armed professionals in Uvalde, and they were all paralyzed by one kid with an AR-15? We had a security guard at the Topps grocery store in Buffalo. Um, I don't know how many good guys with guns we need, but apparently we don't have enough. It, so when the next shooting happens and we arm one of these guys, so we, we need two, we need ten. Literally, like when you say make a fortress, that's what we end up doing and making a fortress. It just seems so much more logical to me to just well, stop men the love the ship. kids that are coming in there with guns in the first place. Um, Makes them and, feel important. And, and so foolish, insane, um, dangerous, all of those things, um, I think they all apply. Makes cops feel like they're important. Although they don't do anything. She explained to me that they do a thing called um, stranger uh, drills. 
they're, they're not called shooter drills, they're called stranger drills. And she explained to me how they all have to, you know, get under the table and the door gets locked. And this is my six-year-old daughter explaining this to me. She doesn't understand about the, the bigger picture. I've never talked about school shootings to her. I don't think that's appropriate yet. But I, I recognize that this is a reality of bringing kids up in the United States. Um, I, I mean, I have so many kind of emotional feelings about this subject. And when you have kids, obviously, it changes everything. What is the mindset of gun rights activists and Republican lawmakers and governors who cannot get emotional about the death of children in schools? That, that to them, gun ownership is more important. What do you think about these people who have positions of responsibility, lawmakers, who just cannot get connected emotionally to this subject. So, as with some of my other answers, I'll give you a bit of a roundabout answer, but I think it will illuminate why this is so crazy. All of us value the freedom to drive our vehicles from one place to another, right? And that encompasses, that freedom to drive and be mobile um, really does encompass a lot of our other rights, the, the right to pursue a livelihood to happiness to go to a job to go to a grocery store to supply to feed one's family right so that it's not just driving a car it's it's a big it's a big set of rights that are encompassed in that we don't value it so much that we think it's okay to drive 90 miles an hour through a school zone and mow down kids and if we did and and somebody said hey you killed eight kids by driving through there and this is the equivalent of someone saying well that's just, you know, that's that's the price we pay for automobiles and being able to drive across town. Sometimes you're just going to have to, somebody's just going to mow down some kids. <laughs> you could say, well, why don't you put a school speed zone limit in there? And, and and the equivalent of the Republicans would be saying, no, got to be able to drive 90 miles an hour, right, wherever you want to go. If this sounds incredibly just detached and insane it is it is detached and insane the way that those people rationalize these things is to say well yeah i mean some kids die and people do bad things and that's the price of freedom you know that's what, that's what we're going to end up doing because um we need to have we need to give 18 year old kids in Uvalde, texas the ability to buy ar-15s literally the day they turn 18 years old um and buy as many eight, uh, 30 round magazines as they want the kid and you've already had 60 six zero 30 round magazines 60 um we don't have to do that it, it, that is in no no way shape or form uh. any more sane than allowing somebody to drive 90 miles an hour through a school zone same thing we know not to rationalize one and we rationalize the other i don't get it and these republicans these governors these lawmakers they have children they have families they have kids in school themselves yeah, but they're I mean, not in our school. 